Hello everyone and welcome to the Batman Universe Specials. Today we are having a special related to the announcement of not only DC renumbering all of the comic books and relaunching all the titles and all the character lines, but also the specific announcement of all the Bat books that have been announced. Now we are recording this on June 12th and there is still one week worth of, well, by now, everything should have been released. 52 titles have been announced by DC Comics, and although there are some things still out there that uh, we're not real sure what's going on with them, we will uh, discuss those a little later. But joining me today, we have all of the comic cast co-hosts, and they are... You got Josh. This is Donovan. And this is Joe. Let us start off by saying this is probably one of the biggest announcements to hit the comic book world for a very, very long time. Um, specifically, this is probably the biggest comic book announcement that we've ever covered, and that's why we're doing a special about it. So, first off, uh, let's go over the, the very first thing we heard from DC. On May 31st, DC announced, um, kind of vicariously because of a bunch of rumors that were hitting the net, that uh, they announced on the source that... On June 1st, USA Today will be running an article talking about a relaunch that will be coming in September. There's been a ton of different things that were all over the net, but essentially the big announcement that happened that day was that Jim Lee and Jeff Johns will be teaming up to do the new Justice League of America. They posted a picture online, and basically the Justice League itself is uh, changing a little bit. I'm not going to say it's changing greatly because we don't know a whole lot about what's going on. The There is seven members, and the seven members that they feature in their image are Batman, Flash, Cyborg, Green Lantern, Superman, Wonder Woman, and Aquaman. Now, some of these characters have different, different uh, costumes, and others don't. Others are very similar to what you see already in the comics, but uh, the big thing is... A lot of this has been in the works, obviously, for quite some time, and this answers a lot of the questions that we've had about why they haven't been able to talk about anything for a very long period of time. This is big news because, one, because we obviously covered the Batman books, and Detective Comics and Batman are two of the longest-running series of all time, not just in DC Comics, but of all time, to find out that they're going to be renumbering issues, that's that's kind of that's kind of a hit to Batman fans. Number one, but number two, there was a lot of rumors that were floating around about how this was going to be a reboot. They're going to completely restart everything from scratch. This is going to start back at square one, and basically what happened was the four of us, along with uh, Stella from Backworld Oracle, as well as some other podcast hosts from other podcasts, uh, we, we had a conference call on Skype and discussed this announcement. And let's just say we discussed this for a good chunk of time, about four hours, talking about what our fears were about this, what, what could this mean for some of the characters that we've grown to love, a number of different things. So we're going to briefly talk about some of the thoughts that we had there and then, as I said, we'll get into the Batman books and give our thoughts on that. So, first off, thoughts on the announcement. When this was the first announced, before there was more news, 
I thought that because we knew that we knew what was happening with Flashpoint that like reality was going to be changed for a little while. And I thought it was going to be something like with House of M, which was a Marvel comic storyline where reality was changed. And then they had all these crossovers like Spider-Man House of M and Fantastic Four House of M, where it showed how these characters, you know, were and what their status quos were in this new reality. That's what I thought this was going to be originally, something akin to that or something like Heroes Reborn from the 90s or Age of Apocalypse, where we would get these new number ones and it would take place in these new continuities. And then whatever the effects of Flashpoint were would be reversed and then things would go back to status quo. That was my original thought about the announcement. Uh, my, I started having more and more doubts, though, as time went by. I initially heard that they were, they were going to renumber everything from, from number one, and I was just upset about that. So then I heard more and more of how people are getting new origins, new costumes, and my demeanor just soured, and I was more and more pessimistic. And I heard that this whole idea was to bring in new fans... And I thought that it just, my initial reactions were that that it just smacked of desperation and not really thinking things through to try to do something big and shocking to really spark some definite life or chatter into comic books and maybe have people check it out through through controversy. And that, that whole mindset kind of just, that, that I put upon myself kind of just really uh, made me not liking it one one little bit. So my, 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 my initial reaction was just despisement at what I was hearing. Yeah, I was also very um, upset and angry as well. And part of it was I was upset that they were renumbering the titles, which had such high numbers. And I'm not really sure why. I think it's just disappointment that we're not going to see them keep growing. Because it'd be amazing to see like an issue, like a four-digit number on a comic. Really, I was obviously upset, and I've said this before, but I really had to claw my way to get into continuity comics, like everyone did. But because I was the most recent to it, only reading comics for about a year and a half, that it feels like if I just waited, then this might have been a better place to jump on. And if, like, especially with rumours of origins being changed and, and things like that, and events not happening which have happened and now won't and all things like that, it feels like I've wasted some of my money and my time. So, yeah, at first I was, I was scared as well as upset and angry and whole host of emotion my initial thought is very similar to everybody else the the big thing for me was when i when i heard this it was of course through twitter and then i saw the article read the article and i was completely dumbfounded by this because to me it seemed like like a hail mary pass and for those of you who don't know what that is that's you know you, you chuck the ball in the last second of the game and if it lands in the guy's hand and he scores, great. But it's it's a very risky move, and the chances of it working are very slim. That's that's what I felt when I heard this. I felt like DC has decided that basically they're out of options, and this is an option that was probably the last option, and they feel like they need to do something drastic, and this is what they were doing. Um, when they initially said there was 52 issues, one of the things I immediately thought was, well, that's very an odd, that's an odd number because the number 52 runs in DC Comics a lot. You know, we had a series a while back called 52. We had, we have 52 Earths that are inside of the DC Universe. 
So my immediate thought was, huh, maybe this is taking place on a separate Earth, and the idea is to run with it, to get new readers involved, kind of like what they were wanting to do with uh, the Earth-1 series. Superman Earth-1 was very successful. We still have yet to hear anything about Batman Earth-1. But uh, needless to say, that was my that was one of my initial thoughts was, huh, maybe this is an idea to get new readers and then, you know, they'll taper down a lot of these 52 series into a much more manageable amount. And then in turn, new readers have the ability to, you know, jump on like they, they, they always were reading comics and then things would go back to the way they were beforehand for all of the comic readers who've been reading comics for all for all this time the other thing was that it seemed to me that this was kind of a spit in the face of everyone who's reading comics because Mm -hmm. everything that dc was saying was that they were you know one of the other announcements was that all of these issues that are coming out in september are also going to be day and digital which means they'll be available in digital format the same exact day as they come out in the comic book shop which I think that's a great format. I, I, you know, we have on the website we we show off all of the the DC digital books that get released that are Batman related every single week. Steve Rogers posts those up. We we, it's a great format, and you know, I've I've bought in some digital versions of comics. I've had the chance to use it on a number of different devices, and it's a very cool concept and a very cool idea. But at the same time, it's not ever going to be a replacement for me to not buy a comic book. You know, I've got a collection over 3,500 comics of Batman books. Okay, that's what I collect, Batman books. And to have a collection that big and then decide, oh, I'm just going to switch over to nothing but digital, you know, that may happen in 50 years, but that's not happening now, so that's not going to stop me. But at the same point, I see the market opportunity for DC to do the digital. That set aside, that announcement really didn't affect me. But what did affect me was that every uh, every bit of the announcement seemed as if they kept saying that the reason why they were doing the digital and the reason why they were doing this was for new readers. And to me, to hear that the reason why they're doing all kinds of stuff is for readers who don't even exist right now, that ticks me off because I've, I'm, I've been a reader since 1996 when I first got into comics through a subscription that was purchased for me as a gift when I was a kid of the Batman Adventures. That's when I started reading comics. I've been reading comics ever since then, and obviously my collection has grown from one comic back in 1996. But the reality of it is, like Joe said, you know, you, you spend all this time and you invest all this time and money into continuity, getting accustomed to it, really understanding the characters, and to be told that everything is going to relaunch be renumbered, you know, the the word reboot was flying around despite the fact Dan DiDio did post on Facebook saying it's not a reboot. You know, there, it doesn't matter if you say it's not a reboot. You know, there's plenty of things out there that say they're not a reboot and all they are is they're just redoing things. But that's still a reboot in some sense. So I thought that there was a spit in the face of all these, all of myself and all the other comic book readers out there who've been reading comics for all these years. That was my initial thought. If you're starting the numbering over and you're starting some of the continuity over, then yes, that's a reboot. You can't say don't call it a reboot. You know, don't don't call this a bathtub. Call it a container of water that people sometimes do washings in, but don't call it a bathtub. 
I mean, the problem is I think the word reboot is associated more recently with a lot of the movies that have been redone. You know, we've got a new Spider-Man coming out, and that's they're calling a reboot of the franchise where they're starting back at square one. They, they've done this with a number of different comic book properties in movies, but in addition to that, you know, this this happens every so often where a comic book character hasn't been used for a very long period of time or hasn't had a big focus, and then they decide that they're going to redo it. You can say in some sense that in the late 80s when Frank Miller did Batman Year One, that was technically a reboot. It redid things that happened. Yes, at the same point, it didn't negate anything that happened before that, but it, it made Batman have a, have a definitive origin more so than what we saw in the early issues of Detective Comics and Batman. So, therefore, that was a reboot. And that happened around, obviously, the same time as Crisis on Infinite Earths. So, you know, that whole situation could have been considered a reboot back then. I'm sure the word reboot wasn't in people's vocabulary back then, so that was never a consideration. But no matter what anybody says, this announcement, based on what they gave us the very first day when this came out that this is this event is a reboot yeah that's a, that's the one thing that, that another thing that kind of gets under my skin is that the creators are sort of like insistent on saying that that a lot of the fears and concerns of the, of the fans are unwarranted but a lot of what they're giving us we'll probably get into it in a bit are aren't very uh they don't give us a lot of faith in it when like you said when they change the continuity and the and the appearances and the names and titles of some of the characters, that's a reboot. I mean, think of how they how they how do you define a reboot in a movie franchise, you know, with different actors, different storylines, different basis for the storylines. That's a reboot. And that's what they're doing with a lot of the titles. So you can say you don't call it that all you want, but that doesn't change the fact of what it is. Alright, so then the big thing was so now we know the announcement from DC and now we're left with okay, so what exactly is going to happen? So obviously we focused, we focus on the stuff with the bat books, and that's what we did. And there was rumors floating all over the place. Somehow, uh, the website Bleeding Cool, and I don't mean to bash the site Bleeding Cool, but personally, as someone who's constantly looking for news for the website, Bleeding Cool was never a site that even came across. The, you know, I would come across it here and there for rumors for The Dark Knight Rises, or you know, other various things, but I never considered Bleeding Cool a site to go to to find news for comic books, specifically the Bat Books. And for some reason, this whole renumbering thing made them this this prominent source for the renumbering and all the rumors surrounding the renumbering. And my hat's off to them. Somehow they, they, they did something that a lot of other sites weren't doing or some other sites had the respect for DC Comics not to do. But somehow they obtained a number of different covers and a number of different names of creators that were possibly coming on to some of these books, and they were all over the they were all over this this relaunch situation. With that being said, there was something that happened probably about it was the middle of March. There was an artist by the name of Greg Capullo who has done a number of art for uh, Image Comics as well as. Uh, a comic called Haunt and Spawn, who was rumored to be coming to the Bat Books. No idea who he was, because obviously I don't read those books, 
but the word on the net was that he's a very good artist and he can draw a lot of gothic type things, which obviously that's what most people have a background in when they're coming to the bad books most of the time. He, he posted something on Twitter saying he was making some deals to come to DC Comics. So that was the first big thing. Um, then there was a bunch of rumors about how some, some writers were completely leaving DC Comics. Who knows what for what reason, but then the question of, okay, so what's going to happen to our characters? And this was the big thing, because this is, this is one of the things I want to talk about before we get into the actual books that were announced. Some of the fears that we've had because of this relaunch, and some of the fears, even with the announcement of the Bat Books, we still have because we don't know exactly what's going to be happening. So some of the biggest fears that I specifically had was... As much as I hated the character Damian Wayne when he was introduced, over time he has obviously grown on a lot of us and is a character that we appreciate now inside the Bat Books, if he's done correctly and he's done in normal continuity instead of being brought back to his original appearance in Batman and Son. That was one of my big things because that was... In my mind, that would be something that they could easily chop off because it hasn't been that long and not many people even know about it. One of my other fears was what's going to happen to the Batgirls? Um, you know, Oracle is supposedly dead inside the comics, so clearly they had no intention of using her. So if she goes to being Batgirl or some other sort of Bat, Bat family character, what happens to Stephanie Brown? What happens to Cassandra Cain? Especially since Stephanie Brown has been in Batgirl. Cassandra Cain has made a reappearance since May and and is included in a, a lot of big stories. So the question was, what's happening to these characters? Those two were my biggest concerns as far as what could possibly come out of this relaunch. One of the things I was really, really, really concerned about was the literal text they had was New Origins... And the costumes for characters, and that was it. So um, I took it that they were restarting from the very beginning. And when they say very beginning, I thought literally we were talking like Dick Grayson's Robin again. And I thought that that really ramped up the concern that DC just did not care about their current reader readership at all. Because, like Dustin said, if you're going to concentrate all your energy on possible readers who may or may not appear, then where does that leave the role readers? And apparently, if you're going to uh, restart things so drastically then it's possible that all those characters you, you invested time into like Damian Wayne could just, just evaporate and we're, we're starting with a new number one Batman's showed up in Gotham for the first time no one knows how to, how to deal with him and we're doing all the stuff that we've been past for a long time and that was the one thing that again really annoyed me and really made me mad I was really worried about what was going to happen with Grant Morrison's storylines because obviously Grant Morrison is the leading voice at the moment of the Batman books and um, I was worried what was going to happen with Batman Inc for example if that was still going to matter or be around or if we're just counting down pointless issues until it's relaunched and I was also worried too about how this how much the origin was going to be affected and if it was the Batman that we are still reading today or if it was going to be completely different and we are right issue one of Batman was issue one of Batman retold the origin story in that and from there we go through everything that we've already been through 
And I was also, from the picture, disappointed that the yellow oval's gone, because I did really like that from Batman Incorporated. And the other thing I was worried about was, with this, the new titles, the new number ones, to better fit this new 21st century audience, um, if they're we're going to change the characters to be more like their film counterparts, which I wouldn't have been happy with. Yeah, so needless to say, we all had had fears about what could be happening to our characters. So then between the time that the announcement was, which was on essentially May 31st, June 1st, and the following Monday, which was June 6th, the internet was on an uproar. Nobody knew what was going on. They only announced like a number of issues before the weekend. Nobody knew what was going on. And some of the issues that were announced were very, very different takes. or Well, the solicitations for them were very different uh, descriptions than what we would normally see. And one of the biggest surprises in my mind was that they announced that Brian Azzarello was going to be writing Wonder Woman. And Brian Azzarello, who does a lot of crime dramas and things like that, to write Wonder Woman, was that was a big change and very drastic in my mind. Also, they had a number of announcements, such as uh, Tony Daniel was going to be doing a book, uh, I believe it was Hawkman, and there was a couple of other ones. Gail Simone was going to be doing Firestorm, so some of the creators who were on Bat Books suddenly were on other projects that weren't Bat Books. So then, to me, it suddenly turned into... Well, now they're really trying to mix everything up and trying to get people on all kinds of issues. But the reality is that wasn't entirely the case. As it turns out, there's a number of creators that are going to be on multiple series. What ended up happening was on Sunday, I had a discussion with somebody online, and they specifically said to me not to worry as much as everyone is worrying. And they said that everything was going to be announced by June 13th, which we already knew. We actually already discussed that uh, during our conference call that we had the night of the announcement because we knew that all the solicitations were going to be announced by June 13th. He specifically said to me that the Bat Books weren't going to be changing as drastic as some of the other titles. So that kind of, based on who it was, and obviously I can't say who it was, but based on who it was, it may, gave me a little bit more confidence in what they were planning. Then we get to what happened. So he specifically said that IGN was going to be saying all the bad books on Monday, June 6th. And that's what exactly happened. So throughout the entire day on June 6th, all of the bad books that are coming out were announced. So the very first set was Detective Comics and Batman. So... They are, in fact, everything is, in fact, getting a number one. There's there's no if, and, or but about it. Everything is having a number one, including Detective Comics and Batman. So the announcement... So we'll go through these individually and talk about each series individually. So Detective Comics will have Tony Daniel as the writer and artist. Bruce Wayne will be Batman, and he will be in Detective Comics, and the stories will be following him. So first off, thoughts about that announcement. It's a little weird that they're like switching um, Tony Daniel onto a different Batman title, and that's Detective Comics. I'm I haven't really been enjoying his Batman stuff. the The whole Batman being the only Batman in Gotham City is making me wonder how Batman Inc. is going to figure into things, specifically given the uncertain future of Batman Inc. at the time that this announcement was made. 
Detective Comics getting a new number one is something that I am vehemently against, as this will come as no surprise to no one that's heard my rants, especially on the Birds of Prey number one on the podcast before. I think it's utterly ridiculous, especially because we were talking about in a segment on a few podcasts ago how that title has so much prestige and history that it should never be relaunched or canceled. And it's it's the title that DC Comics is named after. So, I mean, I don't know how the story is going to be, but the idea that it's gained a number one really, really bothers me. And they could relaunch it or do whatever, but, like, somebody's collection is going to be, like, 850, 851, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, and then eventually 900. You know, that's... that's I don't like that. Yeah, again, this is this is one of the first things that I just, just yelled about because, again, renumbering Batman and Detective Comics was heresy to me. And the fact that Tony Daniel was doing Detective... I didn't really like, I don't really dislike Tony Daniel, but I prefer him, I kind of wish he would go away from the Batman books for a little while, he's been on there for a while, and I don't, it's not so much his art, but like, his writing, in my opinion, leaves a little to be desired, it's not terrible, there's, he's not ever been written a bad comic book, but it, it, it seems like it's just sort of just meandering, it's, it's a little lukewarm, and it's not really what I want from A-list Batman titles, I was not happy about the re, re, the renumbering. I was disappointed that, that he was going on Detective. And I thought that just switching him from Batman to Detective wasn't really putting as much thought into it as I think they wanted to do. If you want to have distinguished writers write these comic books, bring in somebody from the past or bring in somebody who was who wrote Batman in another story and possibly put him on Detective. Just don't put the Batman writer on Detective because... It's not like they've not done that before with Alan Grant or anything, or Chuck Dixon or anything, but it kind of smacked his indecisive uh, decision making to me. And I wish, I just, I just, I just wished it wasn't, it wasn't so. The first thing I thought when I saw Tony Daniel writing and drawing was, how long, how long is that going to last? But that was me just being cynical, and then I realised that it is a, we are definitely relaunching every single title, and it made me angry. And with Tony Daniels thing, in Batman, I feel it's a bit drawn out and stories maybe dragged on a bit. And perhaps it just doesn't fit the title and maybe it will work better in Detective because he definitely likes to bring in elements of crime families and sleuthing a bit more. Whereas Batman does tend to be the the more action of the two books. So... Tony Daniel on Detective Now may work better and I may like him in a Detective Comics role, but I'm still not happy that it's being renumbered to do so. And like Josh and everyone else has said, it, it's such a high number title and it's frustrating to see it go back to a number one. And I think the whole, one of the whole arguments for DC renumbering all of these titles was because a few characters were stuck in a stalemate and couldn't be written properly and the way they were in continuity left them stuck in that place and no one could write them out of it and make a good character out of them. But I think instead of relaunching the whole of the DCU, it should have been those few characters that were dropped instead. And instead of restarting everything, then we should have just lost a couple of characters which, if it was true, nobody was reading or caring about anyway. 
Yeah, the, the big thing in my mind is this. Tony Daniel has been on Batman for a very long period of time. But Tony Daniel, as the writer and artist, that doesn't always last. So to have Tony Daniel as the writer and artist on a series that cannot be late now because of the digital comics that are supposed to be accompanying the issues as they hit comic shops, I don't see this lasting very long because he either... Uh, he, I wouldn't say he falls behind, but they do a very good job at making sure that there's fill-in writers and artists on standby for when he's doing his series because he can only do so much before you know suddenly he's not doing as much art and he's only doing the story and then we have these random one-off issues where it's either tied into a crossover or it's just a standalone issue because they they you know he needed a month off to catch up or something like that so in my mind you know if he if they were going to keep Tony Daniel on a bat book I'm, I'm, again, I'm not opposed to that. But at the same point, I think they should have either had him strictly writing or strictly doing the art, not doing both, because I don't think he can handle doing both for a long period of time. And honestly, all these creative teams that we go over, if they don't stick around for at least 12 issues, then this it was completely worthless to do this, because what's the point of having a creative team launch number one and then have them leave after yes. three or six or nine issues and not stick around for a year? There's no point to it. I know. I, I, I cannot stand that. And it's happening way too often in these major books right now. I mean, uh, like, for instance, Power Girl. Power Girl had uh, Jim Palmiotti and Amanda Connor write and draw that book. They were on there for a solid year. And I believe that they were off the book because Amanda Connor got ill. But uh, all of a sudden, Jared Winnick's writing it now, and it's not nearly as popular as it once was. The Spirit. The Spirit had Darwin Cook drawing and writing the book, and it was it was very successful and very popular. The second he left that book, it just went it just went into obscurity. So I don't understand why all these wonderful creators have lately done so little once they announced that they wanted to do something. And then after after a successful six six issue run, they just hop out and leave. I. Because this, especially with this situation, with this whole relaunch thing, they need to sit down there for at least two years, in my, in my opinion. Unless, unless the book just demands it for different talent. Alright, so then the other announcement was Batman number one, and that is going to be written by Scott Snyder, and the artist Greg Capullo is going to be doing the art. So that did end up being true that Greg Capullo is coming to DC Comics to do a Batman book. Now, this goes back to the same thing. So Scott Snyder, who is doing Detective Comics, is now on Batman. This, these two books now don't make any sense to me. You have <laughs> Detective Comics, which had Scott Snyder. He's doing an excellent job. And you throw him over to Batman. Why? So that Batman can have, you know, better sales numbers for a while. Because, he, because basically he did what he needed to do to get Detective Comics on people's pull lists for a while. And now, and now it'll be on there so that... Uh, when Tony Daniel goes over to Detective Comics, people are still getting it for a while until they catch on. I, To me, it just doesn't make a lot of sense of why they just literally traded the creators from the two books to the opposite book. And there's not, there hasn't really been an explanation of why, the, why it was just that's how it is. Scott Snyder has done an interview that says that... You know, he's telling Bruce Wayne stories in Batman, which, okay, so now, we, as of right now, we still don't know what's happening with Dick Grayson. 
or Batman Incorporated or anything that's been going on. But he did do an interview a couple days after the announcement stating, you know, these are Bruce Wayne stories. It's going to be crime drama just like I was doing in Detective Comics. And then in my mind, I'm thinking, well, then why are you going over to Batman? What is, what is the point of that? We're going to get a completely different style of what we've, we've been accompanied to uh, in, in Detective Comics and Batman just because they decided to swap creators. That, that doesn't make any sense to me. It's weird that they just switched them, but I mean, it's these are technically new series, so it's the only thing that they really switched was the titles because the old series are over. I like Scott Schneider, and I'm glad that he has a place in what's being called the DC New. Even though I don't like that Stony Daniel remaining on the Bat Book, I do like that Scott Snyder is remaining on the Bat Book, and I actually don't mind that he's on Batman. I do uh, still think that the idea of just switching writers is creatively bankrupt, but I think the idea of Scott Snyder writing the Batman title, which is which should be Bruce Wayne in my opinion, and it is going to be Bruce Wayne. That that's, that is appealing to me, and it's one of the things I'm looking forward to. Um, it's just the fact that you, you, he was on Detective, and Tony Daniel was on Batman. And you switched him. That's kind of that's kind of dumb. No, that that is dumb, but. I, I am looking forward to this just just because it's Scott Snyder writing Bruce Wayne Batman. That's that's one of the few perks of this reboot that I am excited about. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing Scott Snyder write Bruce Wayne because we haven't seen that yet, and um, I think it's going to be interesting seeing how his writing works with Rick Capullo's art because um, both Francisco Francavilla and Jock have quite fluid and. Sort of quite loose artwork, whereas Capolo's is is very detailed, and it reminds me of Finch in um in the level of detail and the grittiness of it. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing how that goes. I'm thinking we're going to be losing that horror element which Scott Snyder brought to Detective Comics. Whether I'm going to miss that or not, well, I'll have to wait and see because it, it works very well in Detective Comics at the moment and the current story arc but I'm also seeing um, because Scott Snyder is sticking very much to Dick Grayson at the moment he doesn't like including um, Bruce Wayne's villains so it'll be interesting seeing him uh, write some of those the uh, classical rogues gallery so I'm looking forward to that Alright, and then the next announcement from IGN was two more series, Batman and Robin and Batman the Dark Knight were both getting number ones. So on Batman and Robin we have Peter Tomasi writing and Patrick Gleason doing the art, and Batman the Dark Knight is David Finch with help from Jay Fabic. Alright, so here's another two series. I'm not even understanding why these two series got rebooted, okay? So Batman and Robin is going to have Bruce Wayne teaming with Damian Wayne. Okay, you know, that that's 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 interesting, but at the same point we've seen in the past in a story arc him Bruce saying that he can't work with Damien. It's better if Damien works with Dick. So something obviously is gonna change there to suddenly make this work. The other element that I am not super pleased about is you know, it's fine to have a Batman and Robin book. I'm okay with that. But if the team of Peter Tomasi and Patrick Gleason are rebooting this book, and that was the plan after they did their last story arc in Batman and Robin, and that's why they didn't come back, I've and that that means they had a total of four months of leeway 
So we'll see how many issues they put out. Um, the other one is Batman the Dark Knight. So as of right now, we are we are under the assumption that we'll see five issues before this relaunch of this series. Well, that's mighty generous, given that... Yeah. So we're supposed to see the third issue coming out sometime in June, and then 4th in July and 5th in August. We'll see if that actually happens. But the reality of it is that he's been telling a story inside of Batman the Dark Knight, and it was originally planned to be 12 issues. So the question is, with the renumbering happening... Is the book actually going to continue the story and just have a number one? Or is it going to be a completely different story? And if so, how are we going to get a conclusion to the story that was meant to be 12 issues and only three more making a total of five? My question is, you're renumbering Batman the Dark, a series that had its first issue this calendar year. This shows how stupid the whole everything gets a number one concept is. Batman the Dark Knight. I'm reading issue two right now. By the time September rolls around, I'll be reading issue one again. It will have two issue ones in one year. What other comic book has had that happen before? Like, any? At all? No. I hope not, because that would also be stupid. I mean, why why start a series that's just going to be canceled in September? I mean, uh, <laughs> why didn't they just wait to launch this thing in, in in September then? And at that point, then they could have actually had a bunch of issues in the bag. Exactly. Oh, you, you mean have books come out on time when they say they're going to come out when they tell their retailers? No, 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 no. That would be horrible. Yeah, I this Dark Knight thing is actually one of the most redundant and ridiculous things. I think I think I actually I'll say comic comic book history. You're giving David Finch a book to to, to play with. Uh, he's late, big shock, and then you're going to renumber it with him, with the same creative team on it, same creative per- creator on it. It's like I don't even see the point of Dark Knight anymore now that Bruce Wayne's firmly in the bat the the bat suit as the only Batman. I really don't see the point. Um, yes, you you there have been t- titles with Batman in the past where it's basically the same thing, but in this day and age, especially with this reboot, I would imagine they're only cutting them down to the, the the very specific and the very necessary. But hey, what do I know? I'm not, I'm not working at DC right now. Um, I am actually excited to see uh, Bruce and Damian work together in Batman and Robin because I I believe I said on this podcast before I, w- I wanted that to happen once Bruce came back. I'm just, I'm just really I'm really excited to see see Bruce uh, uh, work with his son. I, I mean, I don't care if he said that I'm, I'm not going to work with me now. Things can things can change. I will say though that the Patrick Gleason, um, Peter Tomasi team up. I hope these guys get in their stride because their their stories haven't been ex- spectacular so far. They they've been all right. They've kind of been they've been having kind of meandering, and I, I hope that they've not been they're not planning on telling the same stories that they've been telling already. I hope they really. I hope every number one. Starts off with a bang. I don't want it to be just, just a, a lukewarm story that, oh, oh, they're in new costumes now, so please buy it. I, re- I really want this to be good, and I'm looking forward to reading these. Well, Batman and Robin, not, not the Dark Knight. But for Batman and Robin, the team is making me a little concerned just because of the track record. For the Dark Knight, the fact that this is getting, getting renumbered is fairly insulting. Um, yeah, listeners of the comic cast will know how I feel about Patrick Gleason and... Peter Tomasi because I hated their last run on 
Batman and Robin. I think the main issue was Tomasi could not write Damien because he, he wrote him as that spoiled character we saw in Batman and Son. And I'm very worried that with the relaunch and um, this new issue one, if that is the first interpretation of Damien, then that's going to be the Damien we're used to seeing. And it's going to return to that horrible character who everyone hated when he first came around. Hopefully, um, Tomasi will see that he wasn't his Robin wasn't very popular, and he'll evolve the character for this relaunch. And the other thing is, obviously, like Dustin said, um, Bruce Wayne and Damien do not work well together. So there must there must be a change in that to make them work, which is more things towards this changing of character and how they're going to be interpreted, which I'm nervous about because it shows there is going to be change. It just depends where it's going to come across as natural. Because it would be interesting to see Batman running around with his actual son fighting crime and you know Batman and Robin. So if, if they come across as a legitimate father and son crime-fighting duo, it could be quite fun. I'm just very nervous about the creative team. And with Batman the Dark Knight, like everyone said, it it's ridiculous. Like Don said, this is just David Finch's book to play with because he doesn't know what he's doing. And I think the only reason we're still getting this book and it's being relaunched is David Finch was probably pay, paid a lot of money to come to DC and get signed officially and work for no one else. So he has to be doing something. And I think that's the only reason why this title is still going to be coming out. The next announcement from IGN and DC Comics was about the women of the Bat Books. So the books that were announced, there was four books. One of them is not a surprise. Batwoman is actually supposed to be launching in September as well. (laughs) (laughs) That that is uh, contrary to what we were under the assumption before, specifically because... We were told that we weren't going to be seeing any Amy Reader art until February of 2012, which didn't make any sense for a September release because we'd be seeing her art much sooner than that, so who knows what's happening with that. Maybe that was just supposed to throw us off. I doubt it. Um, we know that uh, Catwoman is going to be having her own series. Birds of Prey are going to have their series, but with a very different cast. And Batgirl was probably the biggest announcement out of this, and it will be, in fact, Barbara Gordon. Um, Alright, so let's roll through some of these creators and talk about all of these issues. So Batgirl is going to be written by Gail Simone with Artie Saif and Vincent Cifuentes. And Birds of Prey is going to be written by Dwayne Swarzynski with art by Jesus Saiz. Catwoman is going to be written by Judd Winnick with art by Gillian March. And Batwoman, as we already know, is written by J.H. Williams, Hayden Blackman with art by J.H. Williams and Amy Reader. So, out of these, we don't know exactly who's on the team except who appears on the cover of Bird's Prey, but it does look like Black Canary could possibly be going back to her previous outfit. It also appears that Poison Ivy could be getting an entirely new costume change. Um, Also, it looks like Cheshire is on the team. And I don't even know who that other person is. 
Okay. Let me read to you this solicitation for Catwoman. <laughs> oh, yeah. A very, a very, very well-crafted and well-written solicitation that was not at all written by an eight-year-old. <laughs> me, me, Catwoman, she's addicted to the night, addicted to science, shiny objects, addicted to Batman. Most of all, Catwoman is addicted to danger. She can't help herself, and the truth is, she doesn't want to. She's good at being bad and very bad at being good. Please buy our book. If that's what we're getting in the solicitations, I can't wait to see what Judd Winnick's got in store for us in Catwoman number one. <sighs> let me... That's how it starts. <laughs> let, 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 let me give you a scenario. Let's say you're in high school. You're dating this girl. You and her are really, really, really hot and heavy. But then, and you know, you're thinking it's graduation, you're going to get married, you know, you're making plans together, but something happens, you know, either she moves to another country because of her father or something, she gets abducted by aliens, I don't know, but either way, she's out of your life in like a really, really irreversible way that you can't help at, the, at, at being an 18-year-old. Time passes, you get a job, you move away somewhere you grow up as a person you you even meet a new woman who you become engaged to and you're thinking about you know having kids with her it's 15 years later or something i guess maybe your high school girlfriend comes back is the first thing you do gonna be ooh? let me drop everything i'm doing and marry her well that seems to be the logic with this batgirl thing because first of all barbara as batgirl she's been and before anyone gets into the whole wheelchair thing, I don't, I don't care. This goes beyond her being in the wheelchair and her being out of the wheelchair. Let her get out of the wheelchair. Let her walk. Let her dance around the room and do an iris jig. I don't care. But why does everyone think that the first thing she's going to do when she gets out of the chair is, well, there's only one thing for me to do now. It's Batgirl time. She's been through so much as a person since 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 she stopped being Batgirl. And, and, and here's another thing, too. And we talked about this back in 2009. She quit being Batgirl before she got shot. All those people saying, well, the Joker took Batgirl away from her. No, that's like saying that if your fiancé broke up with you a week before your wedding and then she got hit by a car saying that the car accident stopped you guys from getting married. The car accident didn't stop you guys from getting married. You didn't get married because she dumped you a week before the wedding. The Joker didn't stop Barbara from being Batgirl. Barbara quit being Batgirl, and it was organic story at the time because even as far as Crisis on Infinite Earth, she was thinking of quitting being Batgirl. And the last Batgirl story, which was written, you know, written before anyone had any idea she was going to be Oracle, she even says, I'm going to help some of these heroes behind the scenes, even if they don't know it. So that's setting up for her new role. She was already thinking that she was going to be doing something else with her life. For all we know, if the Joker didn't stop her, she still would have been Oracle. She just would have been walking around the clock tower instead of wheeling herself around. Now, she's she's done so much with her life at this point. She's even been in the JLA. She's moved on. And the mantle of Batgirl's moved on as well. Huntress has been Batgirl. Cassandra's been Batgirl. Stephanie's been Batgirl. So why is it that people think that the first thing she's going to do is just be Batgirl again? If she doesn't have a motivation within the actual new Batgirl comic for being Batgirl again, like, if they don't give a reason, then I'm going to be sorely disappointed. Like, they need to give a reason why she's being Batgirl and not some new identity. Because it's just like, 
if I move back to my old hometown, I'm not going to start going back to my old high school. I'm not going to start dating the girl that I did then. I'm not going to have my old job from back then and live with my parents because I've moved on with my life. Barbara has moved on with her life. The Batgirl mantle has moved on. But apparently, some people within DC haven't moved on. Well, go figure. Batgirl. What's the what is what is the big deal about Barbara Gordon as Batgirl? I understand that she was uh, a very popular character when she debuted uh, in the comics, which was which is synonymous with the TV show, and she had a good run. You know, I I understand the appeal of Barbara Gordon as Batgirl. The appeal of Barbara Gordon as Batgirl doesn't eclipse everything that's happened since. You know, Barbara Gordon as Batgirl was very popular in the anime series, where a lot of people got to know the character. But she's I think she's become even more popular as. The former Batgirl who became Oracle. People love continuity. People love that storyline of her. And people love that growth of the character. Everyone does. I don't know a single person besides maybe Alex Ross and some writers of DC now that that wanted that that hated the killing joke and wanted her to, to be resuscitated back into a, a fighting form. But A, as Josh said, she was she was already quit as Batgirl before she was shot. And B, like. Like what? What? What is the big draw for her being Batgirl? I don't. I don't get it. Not. Not only is she a better character as Oracle, but in my personal opinion, and I'm just. I'm just not saying this as a, as a Cassandra Cain fan, but like both Cassandra Cain and Stephanie have a lot more compelling and engaging uh, facets to them, toward them being the Batgirl. You know, you, Barbara Gordon when she was Batgirl, she basically basically did it. Did it as a thrill. She she didn't have very strong motivation. She wanted to fight evildoers, but it wouldn't it didn't go as it didn't go too farther as that. Cassandra Kane had great motivation. Stephanie Brown had great motivation, and everyone loved those characters. Everyone loved Cassandra, and, or most people did, and everyone loved Stephanie, or most people did. You know, so I don't understand. First of all, I don't, I don't understand like the whole tease of maybe Barbara's going to be Batgirl and then having it be Stephanie and then a year and a half later making it Barbara, Barbara again. Because this whole relaunch thing cannot have been planned in the last month. This had, this had been going back for at least two or three or four or maybe even four years, just just depending on the scope of this. So I don't understand. I can't, I can't believe this is even happening, really. And I can't believe that, of course, they're going to try to justify and say, well, wait and see. We're, we're, we're showing Batgirl, you know... Uh, being young and inexperienced. That's not fun for me. I don't want to see a character learn how to tie her shoe after she's been running around in shoes for 20 years. That's not... There's, and it's, there's, also, there's also this thing about Barbara Gordon kicking butt as Batgirl when you spent so much time showing her being more effective without, without dressing up in a silly costume. Like she's, she, she didn't have a costume. She used her intelligence. It's one of the best comic book storylines of a superhero who's not a conventional superhero. And you're taking that all away. Why? Like why? I mean, I mean, other characters aren't going back. So why is Batgirl going back? Why is Barbara Gordon going back? Like, can you literally give me a? Can anyone give me a justifiable reason besides the fact that what we looked to as, as Batgirl? That's not a good enough reason at all. And that's this is actually one of the the, the number one thing that really has me incensed about this whole reboot thing. I can roll with other costumes. I can roll with other uh, mantles. But regressing to this stage has sent a lot of people. Just, just, just to, to, uh, just to drop a lot of their time and investment in the character and in DC as a whole. I understand Barbara Gordon's popularity as Batgirl, but she's not my Batgirl because, like I said, I've not been reading comics as long as you guys. So Stephanie Brown is my Batgirl, and I love her as Batgirl. It's a great book. It's really fun, and 
funny as well. And that's the other thing. I don't think the writers could have been told about this properly because we've heard Brian Q. Miller have his two-year plan for Stephanie and then that's just going to disappear. I feel bad for him if that's what's happened and he just hasn't been told about this and then all of a sudden, oh yeah, by the way, um, you haven't got a book anymore. And the other thing is, I'm wondering how, like, why Barbara isn't Oracle anymore. Is it that for some reason she's suddenly been healed, or was she never Oracle? Did that never happen? That's the that's the thing I'm worried about with things being relaunched and redone. If things have happened and they've just sort of regressed, or if they never happened in the first place, which might mean that. Cassandra Kane and Stephanie never existed either and things like that um, as for the other titles like Catwoman I do not like the creative team I'll give it a go but I'm not looking forward to that Birds of Prey on the other hand is one of the new titles that I am actually quite looking forward to I think from the solicitations it sounds quite fun and with Haizu Saiz staying on as artist we saw his work in the latest uh, Birds of Prey issue I thought that was good and it will be good to get a writer who isn't Gail Simone, that's the other thing Gail Simone writing Batgirl it's going to be dirty and hideous, I'm not looking forward to that at all that, that doesn't endear me either the first issue of Gail Simone's Batgirl book will have Batgirl watching as like a citizen from Gotham is falling off a bridge to their death and yelling Batgirl help and Batgirl saying he'll be alright I can't swing by and save him because then people will know that Batgirl exists and Batgirl's a lot more effective when she doesn't exist <laughs> either that or she'll just be there in the background getting changed <laughs> yeah for reals Nerdy Bird who's in a wheelchair herself she had things to say about uh, Barbara being back in the Batgirl boots, as one would say. And Gail Simone actually contacted her, and there's a very good interview, one of the best comic book interviews that I've seen online in a long time. It's on Newsarama, and it's it's more than just a puff piece. This thing, like, Gail Simone actually addresses points. She doesn't tow the company line. She actually says, yeah, I don't like the way this thing was handled. I don't like how this was handled. Yeah, you know, I, I'd really prefer it if the book was this or that. But she does say one line in an interview that really grinds my gears. She says... This relaunch is a much bigger thing than has ever been shown so far. This is the biggest seismic reconfiguration of what we do since the advent of the direct market. We're going to be putting books in front of as many new faces as possible, showing them issue 758 of a comic, which is part three of a seven-part crossover, is going to baffle and annoy a lot of people. Okay, cool. Showing them a number one is a lot more attractive than showing them a 758. Guess what? Number one is only out for one month. In five months, you're showing them a number five, which isn't that attractive to some people. So are you going to show them a number one every... I just hate this logic here. Like, showing them 758 is scary. Well, what's going to happen in 12 issues or, or 50 issues? It just shows, like, this point of view it's very 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 short-term thinking gah if they want if they wanted to make a change they should like just like cease the numbering altogether and just have issues come out monthly like, like the monthly it the the december issue of 2011 just have that because yes the, the, num- the issue number of things is getting out of hand like the renumbering thing has gotten gotten freaking ridiculous and 
okay, we can still we can still collect them without having to having having to scare readers who are so afraid of numbers. So just just kill the number altogether. Don't don't renumber, renumber, renumber because it's it's way too confusing. It's a waste of time and it's annoying. Yeah, what's going to happen if you say, see Batgirl number 10? Oh, you mean the Batgirl number 10 of Cassandra series? No, the Batgirl number 10 of Babs' series. No, wait, they're actually talking about an event in the Batgirl number 10 of Stephanie's series. When you have three Batgirl number 10s within, uh, what is it, 15-year period, I guess, judging by when Cassandra series came out. How about need- 12? Yeah, and that's not even counting the Batgirl miniseries from for, from a few years ago. So, yeah, just do, you know, Batgirl for March 2012 or something, like they do with magazines. People Magazine doesn't get renumbered as far as I know. They actually do have numbers, but they're, they're like, they're not even, like, publicized. Like, they're, they're like, if you look at, like, their websites and whatever, they say, like, like, issue 456 or whatever, but they go, they go by, the main thing they go by is the month and the year. Yeah, I never hear people say, I don't want to read the newspaper because, you know, this is this is the 7,000th edition of USA Today. That That's way too big of a number for me. Right, but at the same time, obviously, the news is not fiction, and that's, I think, what you're trying to draw. <laughs> well, forward. some would yeah. argue with that. <laughs> okay, okay. But the, but the thing is... What's into that one? The, I, I can understand the idea of the, her comments about, well, you know, we're trying not to... You know, it's a, it's an easier jumping on point for people to see a number one than to see a number seven hundred and fifty eight and it be in the middle of a story arc or a giant crossover or something like that. I get that idea, but yes, you raise a valid point when you say, "Well, that doesn't make any sense because what's going to happen in twelve issues?" Yes, we should definitely should not be renumbering stuff as much as it has been happening over the past probably ten fifteen years. But that just happens, and there's nothing we can do about it. The other thing is, um, ahead, what's Jeff. getting new readers into the comic shops? Because I don't know what it's like in America, but over here we haven't had any advertising for this. There's not, I haven't seen anything saying DC's relaunching their entire books, apart from the internet. Like, even my comic book shops, there's no, you know, coming in August entire new number ones you'll be able to pick it up it'll be really fun for you come and come read some there's nothing like that so what's going to get these new readers into the comic shop to go oh hey this is a new number one i can start here yeah this thing like um this this actual actually this morning my dad found out for the first time that they were uh this might be cut out or put in later but they were changing superman's costume he's like what and I was like, yeah, because I, I was mentioned to my brother, and so he looked on his phone online, and he had to go through like hero, not hero realm, but like a comic book website to to, to get the entire skibby. It's not really being advertised on major websites, maybe Yahoo or something, but not to the extent that, that it's definite news. And it's really, I think if they really want to advertise this, they should be doing like this should go all out. They probably don't have the money, but they should do commercials. Warner Brothers should be helping them out with like. Stuff and like and like ad, ads for the movies or something like you know oh Greenland is coming like out. You would you would think that with them trying to do this, it would it would have something to do with them trying to make some of the properties more able to be used in some source of media, whether it be a movie or TV show or whatever. You would think that'd be one of the ideas of why they're trying to do this. So in my mind, it would make sense for Warner Brothers to fork out who knows maybe a million dollars in marketing for this event and in turn say okay so a million dollars we could end up having a return of over a billion dollars if some of these properties end up getting picked up and going to make 
you know, $300, $400 million in the box office. Well, here's an idea. And correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't the very first Superman movie, didn't it start out with, like, them opening Action Comics, or am I thinking of something else? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay, so, so like, like... It was it wasn't a real issue of Action Comics, but... No, it wasn't, but, like, uh, what they could do, hypothetically, they won't do this, but what they could do is, like, when Green Lantern starts up, you know, uh, you know, like, Warner Brothers Presents, and they show the DC icon, and then you show a modern-day, current-day issue of Green Lantern that they would probably put out for the movie's sake, but just an issue of Green Lantern you can find anywhere in this day and age, have it open, and then the movie start to let people know, remember, this is the comic book, you can buy it right now, instead of just Green Lantern uh, is a property of DC Comics. Like, really, really pimp this stuff out in the mass media, instead of having, like, A to Z websites that are just comic book or pop culture related advertise it, because, of course, we learn about it through that thing, but if you want new readers, get it out to new readers in the masses. Don't just confuse old readers try but try to attract new readers using the old ways see I, and I think they've they've tried to do that I just don't think they've been very successful because some of the sites that have announced some of these new books that are coming out aren't necessarily the mainstream comic websites that everyone goes to but are some other sites um, the biggest example I have is like it seems is that that recently whenever DC is trying to make a point, about something, whether it be a new event or, for instance, the, like the relaunch, they tried to use a more national spectrum. So, for instance, with this situation, they used USA Today. But the thing was that it didn't really, I don't really think it worked the way they thought it was going to because they said and announced it the day before the article was in the newspaper. So it wasn't like the newspaper had this awesome exclusive. And everyone was talking about it. No, people were talking about it 12 hours before the newspaper even hit the newsstands. So that didn't really do anything. And then on top of that, I did see some other sites report an article or two about this relaunch. Um, CNN had a web uh, had a uh, article online about it. But it, again, it's it's just one of those things where, well, one CNN is owned by Warner Brothers, so I imagine there was some kind of cross pollination there. But on top of that. The problem is that I don't think, realistically, you're ever going to turn on the news and find out about something like this. It's just, it's not something that is that big. Especially if they're trying to hit new readers, they can't do what they're doing. Like you said, you know, going going to a comic book site to find out news about comic books is what the comic book readers do. Not people who don't read comics. They've done. They've tried to mix it up and you know go over to IGN and try to get some of the 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 video gamers over to comics by having IGN have exclusives and IGN posting stuff up on their site about comics. But at the same time, that I don't think that had anything to do with DC Comics. It was IGN trying to branch off and doing a little bit more than just video games. They've done stuff with movies and they've done stuff with comics. So it was only a matter of time before. They've, they, you know, they try to link a bunch of different ideas together to make this ultimate site. But in my mind, DC, the, the, their marketing, their marketing idea for anything is not really doing what they're they're hoping. And I really imagine to myself that there's meetings that take place where they're like, okay, so we're going to have USA Today do this announcement and this announcement and this announcement and, you know, all these announcements. And then the entire world is going to be completely mesmerized by this entire idea. 
But that doesn't ever actually happen because it's not like it was the front front headline on USA Today. It wasn't like every every uh, news agency in the world was picking up USA Today and seeing something that's probably in like Section D, page eight. It they really need to do something. If it, if it comes down to you know like Don's idea about doing something before the movies, that's a good that's a good idea because honestly. One, they don't have enough movie properties out there that are doing this as it is. And I think the other problem is because some of the stuff is so loosely based off of the comics, they don't necessarily want to associate the comics with the movie and <laughs> end up making the comics turn out, you know, not do well just because of that. Because Jonah Hex would be a perfect example of how a, the movie can take a completely different turn because of the producers and the studio changing things from the original idea God. of the story. Well, um, they are actually doing that with the Green Lantern film because they've got the um, Green Lantern movie prequel comics coming out. But like Don said, they're not advertising those. They're not, you know, in magazines or you can't just go into like news agents and pick one up. You have to go into the comic shops to find them. Another thing is that like uh, we're at work at, uh, at a Kroger grocery store in the magazine aisle. We have a bunch of. Green Lantern storybooks and, and uh, movie movie adaptation books for kids, but not a single solitary actual comic, you know. And and you, you can make like sort of like like comics geared towards the movie, but have them be real comics and not just like fake stuff. Just 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 make it make it that much closer. And another thing I want to say is that like um, they're trying they're trying to bring in new readers by like checking out all the continuity. But the way they're going about it and like changing everybody's costume, whether it be big changes or small changes, I don't think that's a great that's as good as idea as they think it is. Because if you're going to bring in new readers, a new reader isn't going to be gravitated towards a new character that they never heard of. They're going to be gravitated towards Batman and Superman. So why are you changing these characters like Superman and have the new reader be confused when when they're going in? Because they're going to go in thinking, okay, Superman, he's the guy who flies and is weak to kryptonite. So, depending on the, the the level of changes, why are you changing it in the first place? Why can't you just keep it the same? You can make small changes to modernize it, but why not keep the the big just the same except for having except instead of having it be everyone's getting new origins and and new changes everywhere? Like, what's the point if you're going to alienate people who have very little to go on in the first place? How are you going to get non-comic book readers to get this stuff? Like, okay, they're all going to go to the movie theater to see Green Lantern, sure. But, you know, and some of them might even be interested in this, like, wow, this is cool, I want to check out more of it. But how do you get them to go into the, to take that next step and to go into the comic book shop? Because some of them might not be motivated enough to go into a comic book shop. You have to get this stuff right in front of them on a regular basis. And there's the old cliche, which, you know, has been said a lot on other podcasts and other websites. And it's like a, it, it's like a dead horse, but I mean, I'll say it anyway, you know, for the sake of it, is that... These things used to be in grocery stores. They used to be at 7-Elevens. They used to be at toy stores where, like, you would see them on a regular basis and you can buy them because the the market is so much different now and people have to go in the comic book shops. Then new readers, people who aren't comic book readers, have less of a chance of getting this stuff. I guess with the iPad and everything and these comic book readers, it, you know, it's a new market that's still being tested. Maybe if you, like, advertise this stuff, because now all these apps and all these websites have freaking commercials now. Like, I mean, if you have ads for these comics or whatever, or do some sort of promotion, maybe people might be interested in them. I don't know, but, like, you know, I, 
I mean, I know about this relaunch, you know, and I might be getting some of the books. I know Donovan and Dustin and Joe will, but, you know, people at my job, you know, who don't care about this stuff and who only have a marginal interest in, like, you know, maybe the TV shows or something, what's going to make them go into the comic book shop and get this stuff? What's going to drive the people who aren't reading the books to read them now? Like, I, I, I hate to, I hate to project what I think the DC people are thinking, you know, because there's other podcasters who do that, and I really hate it when they try and, like, imagine themselves or, like, say, or, or what their motivations are, but I just feel like they're, 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 they're expecting all these new readers to come out of nowhere, but they're just going to get people from other titles and other comic book readers. Why make, it, why make it complicated? When people are going to see a comic movie such as Green Lantern, why not have them get a free, free comic book of Green Lantern and on the back of it saying, "Here's where you buy more. Here's where you find more comic books at your at this local store or at this store or at this store." When, when, I mean, or at least point them to the the website that shows them where all the local comic shops are. Yeah, exactly. Like, like is that how how impossible could that? That's be? too that, much that's homework simple. for people. That's too much homework for people. I they don't want something saying go to the website to find a store to drive to to get this comic. That's too much of a scavenger hunt. We're in. Well, in that case, then they should just say. You know, you can buy the you can buy the comics on this app. Right, yeah, get them digitally. Sell them at the box office. You know, yeah. like you know, like buy a popcorn and soda combo. Get Green Lantern issue one, or Green Lantern Secret Origin. You know, like or something. What they need to do is, if they want to get people interested, they need to have the comic actually given to them. I think it doesn't take anything for DC to be ha- like have a stack of comics sitting at their booth at Comic Con for people just to randomly walk by and pick it up so they can read it. Why can't they do that when it comes to like a movie, for instance? I think we're one saying how lazy people can be and just given to them. I think that is the advantage of the digi- digital release. And while it's definitely not for me because I like having the you know the solid object to hold. And I mean we've already touched on this and it's probably another discussion for another time but I think that is one of the reasons why this digital release is playing into it so much and it's going to be such a big thing because of the people who are just can't be bothered to go out and find the stuff themselves they will just be able to go online and find them cheaper as well in some cases yeah, especially with all of the, um, the free releases for instance the, uh, the Green Lantern app now that was advertised on the source, nowhere else, but for people who are searching Green Lantern in iTunes because of the upcoming film, they'll find that, and there were, I downloaded it, and there are a few free comics on there, so it's that sort of thing that will get new readers. The the, the thing, what it comes down to is that they, they need to do a better job at marketing this, and the one thing that I would really be interested in, because it's not, there's no way of knowing right now, is... You know, there's sales figures for the hard copies of the comics that are sold in stores or sold online or, or wherever they're sold. There's, there's, there's sales figures for that kind of stuff. What we haven't seen is any kind of sales figures for the digital ones. I want to know whether or not this is actually something that's, you know, is doing very well and that's why they're expanding or if they're just expanding because of the idea of the new readers. Because if that's the idea then that's great, but then why not just make the day-and-date digital and continue the stories and not necessarily worry about, 
renumbering everything. That's that's the one thing that I have to understand. I really want to understand it. I want to see some kind of sales figures about whether or not, you know, the sale the digital aspect is actually benefiting these comic companies because if this is the way of the future, as everyone says. I would really sincerely hope that the reason why they keep doing more of this is because it's actually working and not because they're, you know, doing a Hail Mary. All right, so there's still some more books that we do have to get to. So that was Batgirl, Birds of Prey, Catwoman, Batwoman. So the last uh, set of books was three books. It's kind of focusing more on the men of the Bat books. Um, We have Dick Grayson, who will be appearing in Nightwing, which will be written by Kyle Higgins and art by Eddie Barrows. Red Hood and The Outlaws, which will be written by Scott Lobdell and Kenneth Rockefort on art. And Batwing is going to be written by Judd Winnick with art by Ben Oliver. So this was the books, the really the last set of books that was announced. Um, what's interesting about this is obviously Dick Grayson returns to being Nightwing. Red Hood is Jason Todd and he's running a team of vigilantes now. And then Batwing, who did have... A, who who made a very recent appearance in Batman Incorporated is getting his own series. So the the question for some of this is, I don't know how exactly the Red Hood is going to be operating inside of Gotham since he's still pictured using guns and he's has a team of vigilantes that are taking it to the next level of actually killing people. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that works. Batwing, to me, is probably the... Um, surprise out of the entire bunch specifically because this character have has made an appearance in batman incorporated in issues five and six besides that this character's never even been around and let's just say his appearance in bat and batman incorporated five and six was not the entire story so they're taking this character who to me seems as if it's an Azrael replacement given the fact that he is diverse in his race because he's not the typical Bat family character that everyone else follows. Um, so one of the things that DC stated was that they were trying to make things more diverse. And I see this as the opportunity for them to use this character because some people are interested in it, despite the fact that this character has very little to go on because... Um, it, it was discovered that the character appeared in Batman 250 in a story, but not the same character that we see now. So it was just another thing that Grant Morrison kind of pulled out, and then someone said, hey, this is this would be a great idea. Let's, uh, let's take this guy, who's a little di- bit different from all the rest of them, and give him an entire series. We'll see how this plays out. Um, I'm a little bit interested in this team and how they're going to play off, because it's Starfire. Jason Todd and uh, Roy Harper. So each of them, you know, should bring some interesting dynamics to him. But that makes me curious enough to pick up the book. I find it funny because all three of those characters have some sort of relationship with Dick Grayson. So I've made the joke uh, here or there that uh, it's basically going to be a let's uh, talk trash on Dick Grayson, uh, the comic, every issue. That may be fun. I question exactly why Starfire is hanging out with uh, a drug-addled... uh, kid, kid, uh, star, rock star, superhero, and Jason Todd, but I suppose it'll be explained in issue one. Um, Batwing. If you can't tell, I'm black, and I, I appreciate the concept of diversifying the DC universe because 
as with the mass media, there are several times where uh, me and my my brother and and several of my friends just wonder like why is so many things in such a uh, such a narrow view uh, ethnically. So I like the idea behind giving a character uh, who is uh, an African character, not even African American, but an African, uh, a title. But I actually really don't like this because. He has like just appeared, and we know nothing about him besides his costume, and that he's part of Batman Inc. And all of a sudden, he gets a title. I suppose they did this back back around post crisis with. Uh, I don't think they gave Doctor Light a new title, but she was part of the uh, the Justice League at that time. But it just seems like it was it's very desperate. Um, I heard somewhere that uh, the question is going to be a member of the Justice League, and if that's true. It's, it's, it's going to be diversifying the Justice League because you have uh, a Latina, you have a woman, and you have a gay woman all in one character. And as, as nice as that is, it's, it's not as bad as the Bat- Batwing thing, but personally, I don't like the idea of having diversity just for the sake of diversity. I think that's, rather, I think that's really patronizing, and I think that if the character is going to be on a title, he or she should deserve it for his character, and the race really should be an after- afterthought. Like, like, an instance I use is um, uh, Steel for the Justice League. In the 90s, Steel was a member of the Justice League, and in my opinion, it was per- made perfect sense because he had earned his spot as one of the world's greatest heroes. He had his own title. He saved Superman uh, several times. He was a brilliant uh, inventor, and he was a great character. So that was an instance where I thought, okay, yeah, put him on the Justice League. Batwing, following Batwing's adventures just, just begs me to ask, why should I care? I mean, if he's not a Bat character that has associated with Batman, and he is, but just barely, he just met the guy. So what is making me, what is making me wanting to read this book? I suppose it could be good. I don't know because it's not come out, but to me, it seems a little patronizing. And I'm way more interested in characters like uh, Mr. Terrific or Static, who are, are established characters that are getting their own titles. Those characters, I'm definitely going to be following. And really, only because I like those characters. But the Batwing thing seems kind of random, and um, a little a little misguided, even if the intentions are, are good. First of all, we've got Nightwing back in a new costume. I'm kind of happy for that. I haven't really read much Nightwing, but um, interesting character. Obviously, everyone likes him, and new costume. I prefer the blue, but the red doesn't bother me. It's it's just fine something that will probably grow on me actually. Um, Donovan wondered why Starfire was in this new team of vigilantes. I wonder why there is a team at all. I don't see any point in this book. And it's supposedly Jason Todd trying to lose the mantle of the Red Hood and trying to be a better character from what I understand and then get sucked into this whole whole problem of being the Red Hood and having to be a vigilante. Except it, it it looks to me as if he definitely has a, a bat symbol on his chest. So whether that's just a stylistic thing to associate it with the bat books in the beginning, just on the title, or if that will stay, then that could mean either a very different Batman, or it's not what I'm going to be expecting. It could just be a very different take on the character. But um, it'll be interesting to see how Red Hood is handled. So... I'll definitely be picking this up, at least for the first arc. And um, Batwing, I I have no problem with it, except 
I haven't had thought about this whether diversity for diversity's sake, like having an ethical character just for the sake of having one, is somewhat counterproductive in that then DC are drawing attention to this character and saying, look, we have an African character here, look how diverse we are. Except in doing that, you're pointing out he's your only character in that ethnical, you know, in that race, and then kind of showing that the rest of the DCU is very white male orientated and it's just like but, Batwoman when she first appeared yeah. look, look at this lesbian look at her <laughs> and, yeah that's it and then the newspapers picked up on that and then that's why she's become such a popular character so uh, it's it could come off as a clever move it could backfire and and just look like they're being diverse for the sake of it and trying to look better than they need to be because you know if they're doing it for the sake of it then I disagree with it, and I think it's it's almost wrong in a way. But if it's the character which they think can tell interesting stories with, and has got a good story arc ahead of it, then I'll be very interested in it. And from what the minimal we have read in Batman Inc., he does seem pretty interesting. So I'll definitely be looking into it. Except we now need a new name for the Batplane, so we don't get confused. <laughs> oh man, yeah. <laughs> Rick Robin jumping the Batwing. What? <laughs> All right. So then the uh, the very last announcement was about Batman Incorporated. Uh, the source posted up on the site that Batman Incorporated is in fact going to come back, but Grant Morrison is going to be attached to a different series when the relaunch happens. And because of that, Batman Incorporated number one will come out in early 2012. So again, this series is another series that's being renumbered with the number one, but. This series, I have a, I, I don't feel as bad, despite the fact that it has had so few issues by getting the number one. Because for some reason, and I know this is a British thing, but Grant Morrison constantly refers to his his uh, comic book series stories as a series. He doesn't actually refer to it as like a story arc or anything like that. It's a series. So the thing is, when he says my the first series of my story is out, he's referring to the first, uh, I guess, overall story of that. Not story arc because it's not three issues, but like for instance, the Batman and Robin. That was the like third or fourth part of his Batman story of the series. The no. I'm having a hard time explaining this because I really don't understand why the hell they it's it's said it's named differently. But I see what you're saying because like it was like Batman and Robin, Batman and Robin, or Batman versus Robin. Batman and Robin must die. I see. What, I see what you're talking about. No, I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about like when he so he did Batman and Son, then he did the the next, and that was like the first Black series. Glove. Then there was the Black Glove, then R.I.P., then the whole. Uh, I don't even know what you would call it, Batman and Robin, but it wasn't Batman and Robin. It was like Bruce Lost in Time was the next part. Now it's Batman Incorporated. Come on, British man. Let me know how understand how this works. What do you mean? I explained the series thing. I don't get it. I assume he's just miscalling it. I assume it's just like an arc or... It's Grant Morrison being Grant Morrison, and 
I see when he says series, he means like, like you said, like one kind of arc from his story, like Batman and Son would be the first part, maybe that's the first part of his series, or is that like a series of his overall story? All I know is he, he uses the word series like it's like season, like we in America use the word season. Actually, yeah, because in, in the UK they use, like, like the idea of the season, they, they just call, they call it series over there. Yeah. Series one, series two, series three, as opposed to season one, season two, season three. Yeah, yeah. And these uh, are see. these are story arcs in a comic book, not seasons or series on a TV series. I'm I'm really sick of like in interviews all the time. They're like, oh yeah, this is like season two of the comic, and it's like, no, this is this is a new story arc. This yeah, I, I think. I think it's just a new story arc is what he means, and he's just getting words confused, because I've heard people in England do that a lot. Well, either way, so like, even his, like, his, his series is coming back, that's the important thing here. Batman Incorporated, so it'll either be a, a off on its own to complete the the initial story, or it could change everything back. Which leads us to another possibility. So we, we all were Christ. under the assumption that, you know, this is what they're doing for good. But with the announcement that Batman Incorporated is coming back in early 2012, does this mean that this is all just actually what we initially thought and a gimmick to get people to buy books and then in turn revert back to the way things were in, you know, a matter of months? If there's a Batman Inc. and there's a Batwing title, how does that go along with Mike Martz's comments about, well, Bruce Wayne's going to be the only guy in a Batman costume. Oh, but Batman Inc.'s coming back. <laughs> what the hell? Well, especially the fact, like, like uh, in issue one and two, the dude in Japan um, literally is in, like, the same costume. It's almost like they took away the idea of Batman Inc., but they couldn't do that because Grant Morrison has all these wonderful plans. And he's planned ahead for many planning years. So they didn't want to step on his toes because he's been awesome. But at the same time, they want to have their cake and eat it too with this concept of a grand, grand, brand new DC universe. It's, well, kind of. And I have Batman, Bruce Wayne be the only Batman, but I don't really see how this is going to work out just, just on a logistic standpoint because... That's like saying, uh, let's let's have Superman be the only uh, Kryptonian superhero, but oh wait, we're, we're having Superboy and Supergirl at the same time, you know? It's it's like you know you can't have two things while saying the other thing. Like Jim Carrey says, it raises too many questions. All right, so that's essentially everything that's that's going on with the bad books. Um, a couple other things out there that we still don't know about. As of right now, there, like I said, everything's been announced, all 52 series. Um, but there's still a couple things that are kind of up in the air. Number one, uh, we know that uh, Tim Drake will be Red Robin inside of the book Teen Titans, but there is no Robin series. So Tim Drake will now be leading the Teen Titans, which is fine, and we might end up actually covering that, that, uh, that series if, in fact... The, it's the only book that Tim Drake is really the main focus of. Because clearly Tim Drake has been a main focus in a comic series ever since he came about in the early 90s. So there's no reason that uh, he shouldn't have his own series. 
So if Teen Titans ends up becoming Red Robin's book, that's where that we'll be definitely covering that. But it'll be interesting to see exactly how that plays out. We'll obviously have to wait for that. The other thing that's kind of up in the air is so what's happening to Cassandra Kane and Stephanie Brown because we don't know where they're going to be if Barbara Gordon is going to be in Batgirl. I doubt they're going to have an entire team of Batgirls in the book. So uh, we don't know anything about that. And then the other thing that's kind of interesting is uh, Batman Beyond. So this series has been doing fairly well and DC has been a lot of praise and this was all because fans requested this series in the first place and now Batman Beyond has become this series that has not been announced nobody knows what's going on whether or not the series is actually coming out or what exactly is going on um, there was a rumor online it's not really a rumor but Adam Beechin posted up something he probably wasn't supposed to because he did remove it stating that Batman Beyond was launching and they had a new artist attached um, but the series never got announced, and his tweet got pulled. So who knows exactly what exactly is going on with Batman B. At this point, I don't know that I would say I would be super upset if it went away. But at the same time, one of the things it's been doing very well is trying to link things from what's going on in continuity. And I think they're going to have a real problem with that if they start eliminating all kinds of other aspects of what's been going on in the story. Oh, I wouldn't care if he got axed, because that, was, that would actually make continuity a lot easier to swallow. I thought that I heard something about uh, it, the, them just changing it to JLA Beyond. What? Well, I heard something like that, too, but i that's a Paul Levitz thing. It's not... Nobody knows exactly how that's going to work out. I know, Superman... And that hasn't been announced, either. Superman Beyond is getting a miniseries, but... I could see that. Um, Batman Beyond being released in this series of miniseries, a bit like um, The Whining Guy. Just like an ongoing series, but with lots of breaks in between to sort of. So it comes out in different, lots of different arcs. I'll roll with that. Because it's, it's, it's completely different. That, that, would, that would warrant that kind of thing. And it's. I think it's a DCU relaunch, and while it is technically in the DCU, it's kind of in the distant future, so it kind of, it, it doesn't need to be renumbered, and it it could just carry on coming out as it is, I think. Yeah, but if everything's getting a new number one, you can't have Batman Beyond be the odd duck out. His fans will be way too confused. You need like a um, DC equivalent of the um, Ultimate. You need like a DC that's, that's what I was thinking, that they could have done, like this, this all could have been an Ultimate series of DC, but they buckle on. Yeah. I heard one person say about where this comes out in September and stuff. I heard someone saying all the books will be relaunched on 11 11 11, which is clearly wrong. But they were hoping for like a, an, an alternate universe, like one of the different Earths, like, and like Earth 11, which happens to be reverse gender universe. So that wouldn't work. <laughs> <laughs> but, um,. I mean, it would be... That's the thing. It, DC may need a fallback in case this completely falls flat on its face. And because I've heard so many old readers saying, oh, I'm going to drop... This is where I leave the DCU now because the characters have gone so far from what I used to know and love. 
So if that is the case, then DC are going to need an exit plan. But if not, they might just have to try and stick it out and see if it works. I think it's really is just a case of wait and see. Yeah, I think that's what it comes down to with this entire thing is, you know, there's, <clears throat> yes, the, some of the things that they've announced have gotten us worked up. But for the most part, we don't know exactly how everything's going to play out until books actually come out. We'll obviously be covering all of the series that we mentioned today, um, all 11 of those series, and then I'm sure there will be mini-series and stuff because, you know, once December rolls around, that's that's the month for Batman and every, every possibility to get the flood the market with Batman stuff is, is uh, normally December, so we'll see what happens with that. For the most part, we, we know who's going to be on the books, and we know what books we're getting. Besides that, we don't know a whole lot. The solicitations were, for the most part, very vague and didn't explain a whole lot. And despite the fact the solicitations didn't say very much, I mean, the solicitation didn't even actually say that Barbara Gordon was going to be Batgirl. It was a number of other elements that revealed that she was going to be Batgirl. Like her red hair? Yeah, her red hair on the cover. But then the whole... The whole uh, uh, Gail Simone um, and the Nerdy Bird, that that whole situation with the, the the that started off as an opinion piece and turned into a response interview with Gail Simone. So, you know, for the most part, we don't know exactly what's going on. We don't know why Nightwing has a red costume. We don't know why the Red Hood has a possible bat symbol on his chest, and how. Batman would be allowing him to walk around with the bat symbol on his chest while he's shooting guns. We don't know why David Finch is continuing to tell a story in Batman the Dark Knight and whether or not the story is going to continue what he's been telling or if it's going to be a completely new story. All these things we will will find out once the books get released in September. But until then, I don't even expect us to find out any more information about these series other than what is solicited, just because there's no reason for them to give us anymore. They, they've they they've wet our appetites, and now they want to wait until we all head to the stores to buy the comics. And a lot of, a lot of people are not going to show up, because, like you said, this is an, uh, irritating lots of people to the point where they are dropping things. I've seen people drop things, and this is exactly what they do. This is exactly a certain response. And I would be shocked to my core... If this seriously brought in like as many readers as they thought they, as they think it will, it'll be big because the retailers will order a ton of these things. Will the readers buy them? You know, beyond the curiosity and the train wreck factor, that's another story. The number one sellout, the number fours sellout, probably not. Here's the deal: relaunching a series. You know, you have to market it, you have to prepare the team and everything. Relaunching 52 series at once, the amount of marketing that you need, the amount of coordination that it takes to launch even one series, you're going to launch 52 at once? That is insane. They better know what they're doing here, because otherwise this can... I mean, it's not going to bankrupt them. They got Warner Brothers behind them, but gosh, you know, this will be embarrassing. This will be like when the rich kid, like, you know goes out to try and make his own business and he winds up, you know, getting a billion dollar deficit up a lemonade stand and has to run the mommy and daddy to bail him out. <laughs> the, the, the prodigal son, pretty much. Well, I mean, like, it, it depends. I mean, like, I, I, don't, I don't think I don't think people are going to buy Batgirl for the train wreck factor. <laughs> they're going to avoid buying Batgirl because they're 
But I think that a lot of people will... A lot of people... Fans of the character are definitely going to... We lost Joe. Fans of the character are going to check out... You know, like, we're going to check out Batman number one. But... It's gonna, like, if, if, it's, if it's not worth it, then people who aren't on a podcast aren't going to pick up Batman number two. They're, they're just going to go back to the back back issues, go back to the trades, and wait till the eventual retcon where this, this may go away if it doesn't if it doesn't work out. So the odds of this like completely succeeding are very very grim. All right, so that's pretty much everything for this episode. We've kind of talked about this a lot, and I'm sure we'll be talking about this more in the future as well. Uh, but for now, that's where we're going to leave it. Hopefully you enjoyed this special and got an idea of what exactly, you know, is to come with, uh, everything come September with the Bat Books and DC Comics. So make sure you're listening over to the Comic Cast for all the comic related news as that's where obviously it normally is. In addition to that, you can check out the website for daily news where you can find every bit of information that comes out about these this, these situations. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Leave us a review on iTunes. Those are always greatly appreciated, especially for the specials feed, since it doesn't get as much uh, attention as some of the other ones. So, that's everything for this episode. This is Dustin. This is Josh. This is Donovan. And this was Joe. You've been listening to the Batman Universe specials. We'll see you guys next time. Cause I gotta have faith. I gotta have faith. Cause I got to go for faith. I got to have faith. Faith, faith. Baby. I know you're asking me to stay. Say please, please, please don't go away. You say I'm giving you the blues. Baby. You mean every word you say. Next week for Batman Universe Episode One. So sorry, all your, all of your favorite co-hosts are over here. Okay, yeah, we'll just have different names, different spellings, we'll change them, change how we got into Batman. <laughs> <laughs>